We are live for another exciting edition of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. And here it is, our Q&A. We're going to let the questions compile up here. So all you got to do is submit the question or submit the hashtag question before your question. And we'll answer for you. Um, but while we're waiting for some questions to come in, Ralph, let's talk about this main event on Raw. Yeah, certainly interesting. I know there's getting a lot. Of, it's getting a lot of uh, attention uh, because of the the title reign or the lack thereof title reign for Randy Orton. Uh, the sudden impromptu change of the the title to Drew McIntyre. Uh, a lot of people talking about it. Yes, they certainly are, and I mean, a lot of people might have saw this coming with what happened on SmackDown the previous Friday with Roman and um, Drew McIntyre. I texted you when I saw the clip. I didn't watch the whole segment, but I saw the clip of where Roman was saying, I don't watch Raw. Yeah, Paul Heyman saying, you're not missing much. I told you that it kind of was a, a burial in a way. What do you think about it? I didn't take it that way. I mean, I certainly stopped and kind of thought about it a little bit, but I think one of the things that people tend to do, especially now with wrestling and most other things, unfortunately, is uh, overanalyze things, you know, and, and something as subtle as that. I mean, look, the one thing that we complain a lot about, especially when it comes to WWE, is just it feels so scripted. Now, if you take Roman right. and you take Drew McIntyre and you just said these are two ordinary guys that are out having some beers at a bar and they have some crosswords and they're about to get into it, you don't want it to feel scripted. Like what would what would two guys actually say to each other if they were legitimately about to go to go at it? These two guys, two alpha males, two guys at the top of their respective brands. I don't have a problem with one guy calling out the other guy and kind of saying like, look, look at you, look at your ratings. Look where you are. You're not the champion. I'm the man around here. I don't have a problem with it, especially considering look where we are today. It'd be one thing if like, you know, Drew went out there and he had a match against some guy, uh, mid card, lower mid card and Drew got pinned. All right. Now they're maybe trying to bury him for what reason? I don't know. But the truth of the matter is he went out there. He proved that he's just as good as he's supposed to be. He won the title. All that that whole thing, that whole conversation, I'd imagine, is all all but forgotten to this point. And now he's going to get the opportunity to prove Roman wrong. So you know, let's let's just see where this goes. Let's not let's not start like uh, over analyzing it too much. Maybe maybe I'm being a little um, quick with my my response here, thinking that they kind of bury Drew McIntyre because the way I see it is, look, you don't say. You're, you're like your big talent, your top talent should not be saying that he doesn't watch the flagship show. He should not be saying, or his manager shouldn't be saying you're not missing much. Like that's basically saying your show sucks. You know, I, I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I get. And for those that are just joining us here, what we're talking about is on SmackDown, Roman Reigns saying that nobody watches raw Drew McIntyre winning the WWE Championship. So while we're hey, getting uh, the questions are, are, put are in, you, uh, are you having a rough day over there? You're having quite the hair day today. Uh, I was in the middle of cleaning my our podcast studio, which is why I'm in a, a different location, or it looks like a different location. I'm in the process of actually moving where we record the podcast for whenever we're back in the same room again. Uh, right. So that that's why and. Honestly, I didn't I didn't gel my hair before this. So sorry, guys. Um, if you want to donate to the Super Chat Party and get me some gel, I would certainly help anyone. Actually, we'll get your question answered as, as quick as possible when you join the Super Chat. We do have some questions uh, 
falling in here. So this is a live Q&A, folks. This is for you. Whatever questions you have regarding WWE, AEW, NXT, we'll try to do some Ring of Honor. We'll try to do some Impact or New Japan, whatever we can. I know those are really much that we talk about, but we'll try to answer them as best as we can. We thank you all for joining us so far. So let's get to some of the questions here, Ralph. Rafael Rivera asks, what do you guys think? Omega wins the belt from Moxley. Probably. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is the thing. Who, who else do you see taking the title off of Moxley? That legitimately makes sense. I think right now. Hangman. They're, well, yeah. Ha- Hangman and Kenny would be my two choices. If it's not going to be Kenny, then it's certainly going to be Hangman, I think. All the other guys, when you think about the upper, the, the, the top guys, even if you look at their rankings, like, let's look at their top five, okay? Brian Cage is in the top five. I certainly don't see him beating uh, Moxley anytime soon. You've got yep. uh, Ricky Starks. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else MJF. is in the top five right now? MJF. MJF is, is you know, he he's right in the middle of that whole storyline with Chris Jericho. So, yeah, I mean, if, if it's going to be anybody, I think it's going to be Omega or it's going to be Hangman. Right. Uh, I mean, it should be one of those two, and it makes a lot of <laughs> sense. I, I like, the thing is, the, sh- the match is happening on TV. And I think the reason they're doing that is because they saw, and Dave Meltzer kind of hinted on this, is that their ratings in November and December last year were not very good. They were pretty much where they were during the pandemic. Those were the kind of numbers that we were seeing. Now they're really stacking the cards. We see the NWA Women's Championship match this coming Wednesday, the contract signing this Wednesday. Like They're doing what, if this was NXT, they'd be like, oh, they're doing it for a ratings bump. Well, no shit. They all do it for ratings bump. That's what that's the name of the game. To try right. to boost your ratings as much as possible. And NXT's got a hell of a card this week, too, with that Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley match for the NXT Women's Championship. Certainly looking forward to that, yeah. And yeah. Uh, wonder where that's gonna go. You know, because you kind of look at how Rhea Ripley's been booked ever since WrestleMania. She really hasn't been booked all that strong. And here she is right in the uh right in the mix of things con- contending for the the women's championship. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely will. But uh, let's get to the next question here. Jadu Magic, what are your thoughts on WWE keeping away NXT from the draft and Survivor Series? Is it hurting the legitimacy of NXT as a third brand? Good question. Here's the thing. It's not the brand that's the issue. It's the pandemic that's the issue. The reason why NXT is not in Survivor Series and they were not in the draft this year is because around this time of the draft and when this was happening, there was an outbreak with NXT. And they did not want people from NXT going to SmackDown and Raw or doing the invasion angles and whatnot. They did not want that happening. So that's why there's no NXT involved. I see next year they are involved. Maybe even see some guys in the Royal Rumble. I Maybe not, but... I, I don't see it really hurting the logistics of the brand. They just got to keep doing their thing, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it as a negative thing. I mean, especially when you consider right now on the unfortunate situation that we're in with this this whole pandemic right now. Let's suppose, you know, they decided let's throw NXT back in there, right? And they're competing. And similar to last year, they make NXT look really strong. And it's kind of like, all right, well, well, now what? You're limited. You don't have yeah. fans. You can't really have pay-per-views to the effect that you've really been able to have pay-per-views in the past. Nothing really lives up to the expectation or to the moment where, you know, you you have Edge return at the Royal Rumble in front of all those people going crazy. Okay, that makes for a cool moment. 
You have Drew McIntyre win the championship off of Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in front of essentially nobody. Okay, it's great, but it's still not, it doesn't make for a great moment. So if you have Survivor Series and you have NXT and you book them strong and they go out, they compete, they win matches, well, what now? They're, right. they're, there's still going to be still going to be no fans. There's still going to be limited in what they can do. There's still going to be limited to your point with how much interaction they have with other shows. So they're probably going to deliberately try to keep them separate as much as they possibly can, just for, uh, you know, for for the sake of keeping people separate and not risking another outbreak of some sort. So right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I, I don't have a problem with it right now. And 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 we haven't even brought up the most the most uh, blatant thing, which is when those guys do eventually go up to the main roster, you see how they're booked. Mo- right. Majority of them. So Right. Right. And I know some people were talking about <laughs> Chelsea Green when she debuted on SmackDown, how she was barely in the match, but then it turned out that she broke her wrist. But, yeah, you know, there's some people that wish they were back in NXT. We talked about Aleister Black in our last episode that he wanted to go back. But um, we are going to answer your questions um, in the order that they come in. If you want to cut the line... All you got to do is donate to the Super Chat Party. You, there's a dollar sign underneath where you type your your chat. Donate any dollar amount. We appreciate it. It's going to help grow this podcast. I know a lot of people say, oh, you guys should be bigger. Oh, you, Why don't you guys do this or that? I know some people criticize us for not having 4K or whatnot. The reason why is because, you know what? YouTube AdSense does not give us that money like people would think it does. So... We appreciate all the questions, though. We're going to answer them in the order they come in. Cut the line. Donate to the Super Chat. Also, merchandise. Yeah, I pointed in the right direction. Hoodies, T-shirts, 10% off. Uh, the link is in the uh, pinned comment of this video. 10% off promo code SCPB20. Next question here coming from Patrick Kenny. How much time does Moxley have left as champion? And what do you see him doing after he loses? Who in AEW would be a good tag team partner for him? All right, that's a loaded question. First, I'll answer the first half. I say he has two weeks left. He's going to lose to Omega. What does he do after he loses? He's going to Wrestle Kingdom to drop the uh, United States title to Kenta. And that's in, I think, two weeks after that. Who would be a good tag team partner for him? I would say Darby Allin. Yeah, I probably agree with all of that. I do see him losing the title to Omega, if not in two weeks, uh, probably soon. I think that's the right person to take the belt off him. Yep. Um, tag team, tag team partner Darby makes sense, especially considering they have a little bit of history there. Uh, and one weird way, if there ends up being a swerve, Eddie Kingston, if he ends up turning face, maybe. Yeah, it all depends. I, I, I that's the thing. They have this heel versus heel dynamic with Pac and Kingston. The way that the finish of Full Gear was, it's like they tried to put sympathy on Eddie Kingston. So maybe that is yeah. sort of like a way for them to get them to make Kingston a baby face. I don't know. I could be wrong. But next question from David Scott. With Omega and Moxley headlining Dynamite in a few weeks, what th- uh, thoughts on AEW going commercial free for that match? TV breaks can really take away from the match of this caliber. I hope, hope it's commercial free. Not this picture in picture BS, because that's annoying. I hate picture in picture. Especially Does anybody from- actually watch picture in picture? I fast forward through it. Nine times out of ten, I do not watch it. I fast forward right through it. Yeah, I don't know. I- I'd love to see in the chat what people think of picture in picture, but I hate it. It's so distracting. I-, I know some people say just mute the commercials, and I've tried that. It's a little bit better, but still you're you're like 
like you see us right now on the screen and we're on these small little pictures and you got the YouTube chat underneath us. Okay. But then that like, what do you do? What are you keeping your eye on? Are you keeping your eye on the chat or us? Which sure. If you want to read the chat, that's why it's up there. If you want to see us talk, that's why we're up there. But who's actually watching the commercials? Who's actually watching the commercials? Nobody. So just put it on full blown commercials let people stick around for five. Like, I understand the intent, but it's it's distracting and annoying personally. Anything else, Ralph? Uh, commercial free would certainly be better for that match. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not really, I'm not against commercials. I think the more that they limit them, especially in a big match like that, you'd want to mm-hmm. see that happen. Last night, Drew McIntyre and Orton had, I think it was one commercial break. Yes. Really the but it was picture in picture. Much. It was picture in picture. Yeah. But it, it didn't hinder the match. I, I still, like I said, I still fast forwarded straight through it. I, I even though it was a championship match last night, I still fast forward through the picture in picture. Right. I don't watch that shit. Right. All right. Next question comes from Gabriella Torres. Uh, I, I don't know if we've uh, seen her in the chat, but welcome if you're new to the uh, the channel. Welcome to the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Do you guys see any more women joining the AEW roster before the year is out? Ooh. <clears throat> Tessa Blanchard is still roaming around there if they ever decide to bring her to show up. Uh, I know Marty Bell just announced that she's a free agent, so it could be her. Uh, that's tough. Selena Vega? <laughs> nope, she's got her 90 days, so she won't be available till uh, February till of next year. year. Oh, that's yep. right. Yep, yep. Yep. So I don't even, I don't even think it's going to be hard. It's really going to be hard. Uh, next question uh, goes to Jimmy Ward. Do you think AEW will eventually shift to a more serious brand like they promise or stay on course with where they're at? I'll let this go to you, Ralph. The inmates are running the asylum. The wrestlers have full creative control to do whatever they want. Um, I think that they try to replicate as close to a family-friendly feel uh, that you could get while still trying to mimic some of the Attitude Era. So I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't see them changing things up. I think that there's, there's a few guys that try to work a more serious style. You got Moxley, you got Cody Rhodes, but I think like fundamentally Chris Jericho's guys like that, they're going to try and do more of the comedy stuff. It seems. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. See, I, I think they do need to shift to a more serious brand. And the reason I say that is, if you actually dive into the actual ratings, not just like what gets reported on total viewership and the 18 to 49 demo, actually like break it down even deeper to the uh, like male demographic, female demographic. It's obviously a male dominated fan base. I'm not saying that it's all men, but it's a male dominated fan base. I think they are more likely to want that serious brand that people from that wanted AEW to be that way. I think they want that more than other demographics like that male 18 to 34, I think wants a serious brand, not the dinner debonair, not the, you know, hokey stuff that we see with Moxley and or not Moxley, sorry, MJF and the town hall stuff that we're seeing with Jericho. And uh, that's where I see it. I, I think they do need to get serious. If they need to grow even their niche audience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that 
it's just it's it's weird when you think about it because you almost go back and you watch like Moxley's debut and you you feel the crowd come through the TV. You feel like you're watching a real special moment. And I think that there's certainly moments in AEW right now that are going to come across as special. I'm not downplaying it, but just to kind of see where Chris Jericho is right now to see what Mm -hmm. MJF is doing right now. Yeah, they're both great. Chris Jericho is an all time great. Mm -hmm. But I mean, honestly, since his feud with Orange Cassidy, it's just been one kind of uh, comic, uh, naked gun type slapstick (laughs) comedy. That's what it is. Week in and week out. And it's kind of like he has lost his edge almost. And it's it's okay in bits and pieces. I don't mind comedy and professional wrestling by any means. Yeah. Um, But this has gone on now for a couple of months, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Well... We'll see where it goes, but I, I I hope it gets a little bit more serious. Although I'm not as nitpicky with the hokey stuff than other people are. But let's, uh, again, thank you everybody for joining us so far. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. We're answering your questions. This is just, this is for you guys. Uh, we'll answer them in the order they come in on the live chat. But if you want to skip the line, donate to the Super Chat Party. I know some people are talking about the merchandise. I see... Rafael Rivera talking about the shirts being in different colors. They are in different colors. We have them in uh, black, white, gray, and yellow. So um, if you click the link, you get 10% off instantly. Promo code is SCPB10. You could donate there as well. Uh, donate to the Super Chat. And when you ask your question through the Super Chat, we will skip the line. You will skip the line, and we'll answer your question immediately. So thank you guys for joining us so far. This is I like doing these Q and A's. It, it makes us, you know, honestly, it's easy for us. Cause we just, you guys are the prep. You just answer, we answer your questions. So, all right, next question. Uh, Heather Wright. I know she asks us uh, a fair few questions on uh, our Twitter page as well. But the question is, even though he hasn't asked to yet, do you see Moxley having his U S title match at wrestle kingdom? Do I see him having his U S title match at wrestle kingdom? Yes. This, this upcoming wrestle kingdom. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. I, I see it happening. I already said, if he's dropping the title to, Ma, uh, to Omega, that's definitely happening. Yeah. Next question comes from Mark Manning. Will WWE just tape shows at the PC in Florida and not tour anymore? That's a good question. I don't think so. I think they already have some places in mind outside of Orlando. I think North Carolina was one of them. I'm trying to remember some other places. There was a while where I was pitching Connecticut, but now we're in a freaking shit show ourselves here in Connecticut. So that's not even good. Uh, I don't see them taping. I think they go live. I don't know where though. That's a good question. What do you think, Ralph? I can't, I can never, you can't ever, you can't ever figure WWE out. I mean, I'm sure if they can do it live rather than taped, that would be what they prefer. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish like, I'm watching the WWE Network, and on the WWE Network, they they have, like, replays of WCW Saturday Night in that, like, studio feel. I kind of wish, like, WWE and AEW would do that for their weekly programming, and then their pay-per-views and a few house shows they tour. I bet you they would benefit significantly financially if they did it that way as opposed to doing a touring SmackDown, a touring Raw, and then the house shows in between? Because I bet you that has a lot to do with why their house shows are are not as uh, revenue streaming as they used to be. I just think, I just think time, 
times change. Like, yeah. you know, when, when, when content wasn't so readily available, like it is now, like literally you can go watch any promotion you want. You can pull up a match on YouTube. You can mm-hmm. pull it up anywhere. There's so many different places you can find professional wrestling. I mean, you go back to when we were growing up and wrestling was huge. You had to go to the house show. Where else were you going to see it? You either saw yeah. it live on Monday night. Uh, you saw, obviously there was wrestling on most nights when we were growing up, but still, the point is this. I mean, you couldn't just pull out uh, a smartphone and find any match you want and any promotion you want. You had to go out of your way to to buy a ticket, to go and sit there and all that type of stuff. I just think that people are getting their their fill, so to speak, um, by by utilizing various apps, by using YouTube, by you know subscribing to like New Japan World, WWE Network. And there's just not as much demand to go see uh, these guys wrestle in a house show where, you know, you're not getting, um, you know, top tier, their top tier guys and like main events, like you would on raw or SmackDown or pay-per-views. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need to pitch this to Vince McMahon at the higher ups and be like, Hey, stop with the house shows until you do studio (laughs) shows. I don't know. Good luck. They'll never listen to me, but next question comes from Oren Valadum. I hope I pronounced that right. Again, if I mispronounce them, I'm sorry. Maybe if you type it phonetically uh, in the chat, it will help me. But Michael, this goes to me specifically. Why didn't you ask Ralph for hair gel? (laughs) Have you seen him? Ladies and gentlemen, have you seen him? He does not have hair. Why would I ask for hair gel from him? He doesn't have hair. But actually, I, I do have my own hair gel. I'm just one of the laziest people when it comes to hair care. Like I I'll let this grow until like literally my hair starts growing sideways. And then I'm like, okay, I need to get a haircut. Been hair locked gel. in a quarantine for eight months. Nobody gives a shit about what your hair looks like. Oh, apparently if they're asking me about hair gel and then you're asking me about the hair. So some people, I guess, care. No, I, I didn't. I just asked you if you had a rough day, you look disheveled. No, actually for the first time in a couple of days, it was actually a pretty decent day. Just spending time cleaning and moving our podcast studio, but, uh, next question comes from, let's see, Tim Glover. Do you two think WWE is making Matt Riddle look like a goofball? No, Matt Riddle already makes himself look like a goofball. I disagree. I think that Matt Riddle has a very laid back, uh, approach to himself. I think that they can have done a better job establishing him as a legitimate badass because he has a legitimate base. As far as MMA is concerned, he's one of the few guys that competes in WWE that was actually signed into contract to UFC. I think that they could do a ton with him. I think, I think that for WWE, he is their best opportunity at attracting that young, younger audience and just having them, um, you know, kind of be attracted to a guy that they're not trying to force like organically. And they're doing everything that they possibly can to screw that up. And I'm not really all that surprised, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe, but I, I think like part of it is just, he wants to be this laid back stoner gimmick. And to me, I think it turns people off and like, it's hard to make him look like a badass. Like people don't like orange Cassidy for the way he presents himself. And then he gets into the ring and he can actually wrestle. I think orange Cassidy, or excuse me, Matt Riddle is kind of the same thing where like, he is so like, like goofball, like, but then when he gets in the ring, he's serious. So it's like, if you're going to mock Cassidy, I think you should equally mock Matt Riddle. Can I ask you something? 
Go well, ahead. first of all, that's it's not in the same comparison because one guy, like I said, is a legitimate trained MMA fighter who was contracted to the UFC. But if you don't watch, if you don't watch, hold on, if you don't watch UFC, would you know that? Because it's not like they tell you. They should tell you. They but should. That's my but they point. Don't. That's my that's my point. They're not you. They're not you fully utilizing him based on who who he actually is a person. The, the thing I was going to ask you is this: How is Matt Riddle any different? Or would you would you say there's there's at least a few comparisons? when you compare a Matt Riddle to an RVD and think of how over RVD was back in the attitude era. Our See, I wasn't a fan of RVD aggression. either. I wasn't a fan he of was RVD. Over, he was really over. He was, time. he was, but I, I guess that's a, that's a fair point. But if you, if you like RVD and you like Matt Riddle, I would think, or, like, I get it. Orange Cassidy's not a legitimate MMA fighter like Riddle is, but neither is RVD. And you also don't see Matt Riddle sticking his hands down as short and up his ass during the match, so. I guess, but whatever. Next question comes from Perp. Are you guys excited for the new AEW game? I If it comes out for the Switch, if it comes out for the Switch, yes. If not, no, because I can't play it anyway. I uh, I have not played a video game since Modern Warfare 3, probably. I considered buying the new new one of the new PS5s or whatever the new the new gaming yeah, system PS5. is right now because just to get back into Call of Duty I have not played in years I have not played a wrestling video game and I can't even tell you how long so it's I will not I I I have nothing against the game I just know I will not be playing it I don't have right. the time to do it right believe it or not today is the anniversary of the release of No Mercy which to really? me is the best wrestling video game now some people might disagree with me on that and I, you know what. I am definitely not the gamer extraordinaire when it comes to wrestling video games, but I do know a lot of people loved WWF No Mercy. And if that's the direction they're going into with the AEW video game, I think a lot of people are going to like it. And honestly, I think the wrestling industry needs a very good video game because I think part of the popularity drop in professional wrestling would have to do with the fact that WWE 2K games have been very bad for the last few years. So that turns some people off just from that alone. Yeah, I, I think the difference is the AEW fan the AEW fan base is probably made up of a good majority of people who have a crossover between, you know, watching pro wrestling or AEW specifically and mm-hmm. play, uh, you know, our gamers as well. Um yeah. so I, I imagine the game will do well and it will probably be well received. Yeah. Um I just, I can't see myself playing it. Right. So again, if you're just joining us here, welcome to the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Join me as Ralph Valenti. This is a Q&A episode. If you're just joining us, um, all you got to do is put the word question before your question. And we're answering them in the order that they come in on the live chat. Uh, if you want to cut that line, you just donate to the Super Chat Party. Uh, drop a Super Chat in with your question. We'll answer it immediately. We also have merchandise on sale. If you click the link in either the description or the pinned comment, uh, you get 10% off with your order. SCPB10 is the promo code. We got hoodies, which you see behind me. We have T-shirts. We have mugs. Uh, the stickers. I think there's phone cases, too. You know, whatever you can to help support this channel, we appreciate. And if you can't, just having us uh, answer your questions uh, and we're, we're enjoying this. So this this really helps us, you know, uh, get involved with you guys, because that's really what this is all about, a community with the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. So uh, next question comes from 
Oren again. Oren has another question. Who has been the best wrestler during the pandemic era? McIntyre. Um, McIntyre. I was going to say that. Orton. Cody. Cody, uh, I put Cody up there. Yeah, Cody. um, I'd say Cody. Here's why I'd say Cody. Because as much as people criticize him for all the pomp and circumstance and all of the -the over-the-top stuff, the TNT title, I I, I mean, he, he did quite a bit with that championship. Yep. He managed to help establish certain guys. I mean, Brody Lee going over Cody the way he did. Uh, I, I guess it came out this week that he was injured, and maybe that's why he dropped the title. But Cody did lose to him and and openly lost to him And I don't know, however long that match was, but it was convincing. So ha- that yeah. certainly helped establish Brody Lee. And then ultimately, he helped establish Darby Allen with, with putting him over as well. So uh, giving back is just as important as winning championships in pro wrestling. So... Uh, I, I would put Cody on that list. Uh, McIntyre, I agree. Orton, I would agree. I think Orton uh, came from out of nowhere. I saw a lot of people questioning, well, why would you even have Orton win the championship? I don't. I really don't think they anticipated Orton coming on as strong as he did. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I, I think that it came from out of nowhere because you very rarely do you see a guy work in pro wrestling and get that good at the tail end. Of, well, I wouldn't even say the tail end of his career, but um, you know, he's certainly not towards the the forefront of his career. So, um, yeah. I think, I don't think they anticipated him being as good as he's been. So now, I, I don't think they had a choice. The only, the only two that come to mind that had such good runs in their tail end of their career. And it's just because they, they were parallel with each other and having the same story for four years. And that was Sean and the undertaker. I think the undertaker probably reached his peak from like 2007 to 2010, that was really like the Undertaker's peak in his career. And then Sean, yeah. like the guy, never had a peak because he was consistent throughout his whole career. But his matches that he had with Taker, are like the best ever. And you know, those were those. You know, the Mania 26 was his last match ever until that shit show at whatever Saudi Arabia show it was. Oh God. Um. The other thing I was going to point out is uh, as far as some of the rumors that are going around, I know that one of the rumors is Edge and The Fiend at WrestleMania. Oh, that's uh, got to get interest? shot down. Yeah, any any interest? No... I have no interest. I have no interest. The Fiend, the Fiend to me, and this came up because I saw somebody put it up on Twitter, I think. I don't, I don't even remember. But um, somehow they were comparing The Fiend to Undertaker and saying that Undertaker wasn't having good matches. And Well, I think, I think, the reason is I think there's been some kind of back and forth between the fiend and the undertaker. And some people are speculating that the fiend is going to get involved with the final farewell on Sunday. Okay. And that will lead to a match with the fiend and the undertaker, which I think that's just people. This might be like people hyping themselves up. And then when it doesn't <laughs> happen, they're going to get upset. Like, Oh, the fiend should have ruined the final farewell. Nothing happened. It's like, no one ever said it was going to that. And like, yeah. you know, the whole, the whole thing, like for years, Kenny Omega's number 30 and then it doesn't come out, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't, if, if we did not see undertaker and fiend, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I, 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 I like the fiend. It's a cool character. Um, his matches to me seem to be underwhelming every single match. I see of him. He had his yeah. best match. I think was against Daniel Bryan. Right. True. But next question comes from Shay. He's one of our big uh, Instagram followers. Always direct messaging me and Ralph trying to get our insight on stuff. We try to get back to him as soon as possible. But uh, his question is, do you think Alistair Black would do much better in AEW? I mean, what do you, what do you consider better? I mean, I mean, you, at least you can look at, at least appearing on television. 
having a storyline. Yeah, I think that he would be given the opportunity to do better. I, I think that he would be given opportunities, but that doesn't mean that he'd automatically be successful. Cause I mean, you can look at some guys that, you know, went over to AEW. I, Miro to me, I I'm not impressed with what he's done in AEW so no. far. I don't think anybody should be, I, I don't think they've done much of anything with him. And, and uh, I, I can't confidently say that he's done better in AEW than he's done in uh, WWE just because he hasn't done much. Yeah. Um, I think certain guys have been put in positions to do better. I think Brody Lee is certainly one of them. Cody is probably the biggest success story because he was stardust when he left WWE. He went on his own and he built a, he built, he really reinvented himself, not yep. just in AEW, but before going to AEW. So he um, made it, he made it possible to have a full-time career outside of WWE. He was really the first to be like, I don't need WWE. I can go to the independents and make a full time and make more money doing that than I ever did in WWE. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and even if you want to compare like, like FTR. Okay. Right. So they had their championship run. They had a yep. great match against the box uh, against the box. They dropped the titles in that short amount of time. Is that body of work really that much more impressive than their full body of work in NXT? And I would say the same thing about Aleister Black. Aleister Black had a really, really good run in NXT, he had a a lot of really good matches. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what you got to take into consideration. I know that AEW is meant to feel more important than NXT because NXT is essentially the feeder system for the main roster. Right. That doesn't mean an automatic jump to AEW solidifies you as like a top guy or a top guy, uh, uh, a bigger player in AEW just because you're associated with it. You know, so Aleister Black, FTR, to me, their, their best runs have been in NXT so far. Right, right. All right, we are answering your questions in the order they come in in the live chat. And I, I judging by where I am, I see that someone commented on, uh, I watch, there it is, Super Chat right there. Thank you very much to Zero the Hero. He is a big commenter in our community page. $5. Uh, he said, the married man, MV, who would you marry, sleep with, kill? Vicky Guerrero, Nyla Rose, and Sonny Kiss. Oh my God. That is a horrible question. Oh, I would. Oh. Be careful. That is a terrible. You have, you have a full-time job outside of this. Be that's careful a, what you're saying. That's a terrible question. Oh, oh. don't I, answer it. Uh, if I have to, if I had to pick, uh, I would. <laughs> I'd go to the kitchen and make a ham sandwich and go to bed. <laughs> That's, That's a what I would horrible do. question. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Like, thanks for the $5 donation, but I don't know if I can answer that. Give him a refund. Ah, uh, all right. I, I Just just for the sake of, to answer it, marry Vicky, sleep with Nyla, kill Sonny. Just, just to put it out there. Just to answer it. I answer it in the order that it came in. So Vicky, Nyla, Sonny. Doesn't mean I'm going to, but there we go. Thanks for the $5, Zero the Hero. Always a big commenter on our community page and uh, always has some interesting conversations with some people. So uh, let's see. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So back to what I was saying about the Super Chats. This is how far back I am in the questions. Uh, someone commented on Picture in Picture Live. That was like, what, 25 minutes ago? We were talking about Picture in Picture. So be like Zero the Hero. Cut the line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cut the line and uh, we'll answer your question. Make sure it's not something that's going to get cancer culture on us for answering that anyway. But thanks for the question. Nonetheless, uh, where was I? Next question comes from 
Sean Douglas. Where'd he go? And I just lost it. <laughs> this freaking thing is this is why question helps so much. Do you think someone interrupts Taker's farewell? I think retribution and the brothers of destruction destroy them, oh, but maybe God. Sting, even if we get a stare off, and WWE took Sting's merch for a surprise at Survivor Series. Wouldn't it be the first time Sting, uh, Sting surprised people wanna, at Survivor I wanna, Series? I, wanna, I really want to point something out here. Go ahead. Okay. Because going into uh the pay-per-view with AEW. Everybody, everybody was so dead set on seeing Sting make an appearance. And now all of a sudden I see the tide has changed and everyone that brings up Undertaker and Sting, they don't, they're, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to see that. I, nah, two old men, both past their prime. All of a sudden nobody wants to see Sting. So I don't understand, like, is it, is it more so that people actually want to see Sting come back or they, they, do they just want to see Sting make an appearance in AEW? To me, a fa- even a simple face-off with The Undertaker would mean more for the legacy of both of these guys than Sting going to AEW and making an appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, no. Well, do I see someone interrupting the farewell? I don't think so. I think this really needs to be Undertaker's literal final farewell. Just have him have his little pop and circumstance. It is literally the 30th anniversary of when he showed up at Survivor Series 1990, uh, Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. I was two, Ralph, you were three or four at that point. So we did not go to that show, even though it was like 40 minutes away from us. But uh, next question comes from Dontrell Ellis. If Omega wins, who do you see him challenging for, or who do you see challenging him for the title other than Hangman Page? He doesn't say other than Hangman Page. I'm adding that part in because we all know Hangman's going to be one of them. Oof, that makes it a lot more complicated. Um, Archer? I guess machine versus machine. We have to think, well, yeah. And you know, that was always a big thing that was talked about online going back a couple of years ago before when, when, when Kenny was really over in new Japan. And I think at that time cage was still an impact and that was always the thing machine versus machine, blah, blah, blah. And never came to fruition. I don't know. I, I don't know if the fans are really clamoring for that right now. Maybe we'll see, but I think they need to build up, like a Brian Cage more. Some people I see someone saying Ricky Starks. Uh could that that would be good, but yeah. they gotta build they gotta build Ricky up. I think the problem with Ricky, I think he needs to build about 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. And that's that's not me trying to be like the WWE centric. I think like he's just a little too thin to take him as a, a world champion. Like same thing with Darby, I think. As a guy, like I think they need to build a little bit more muscle, not like bodybuilder, make him look like Brian Cage. Just a little more muscle that they don't look like they're pipsqueaks next to some of these guys. Most people would look like that next to Brian Cage, though. That is true. That is true. But uh, let's see. What's the next question here from Nikola Jurikin? I hope I pronounced that right. Again, if I mispronounce them, spell them phonetically in the live chat. You know, help me Um, out here. What? (laughs) What were you going to say, Ralph? No, no. Somebody made a comment that I was going to agree with, but I'll I'll let you ask the, right. answer this question. Then. All right. So here's the question: Do you see MJF as world champion? Absolutely. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. he's got to stop with the silly shit, though. Well, I think once he gets away from Jericho, and it gets to be a more serious storyline, that's going to happen. Uh, let's see. Next question. Com- oh, the go comment, ahead. The, the go comment ahead. I was going to say is: Do you really? It's uh, somebody said here. Uh, Sean Douglas, do you do you think Vince truly wants to say have the final farewell in a bunch in front of a bunch of computer screens? I was going to bring that up. I don't think this is it for Undertaker. 
by any means. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if somebody mm-hmm. comes out, interrupts him. There's no way The Undertaker's stepping away from professional wrestling um, in front of screens mm-hmm. like that with no fans. It's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not but right, but something, something somewhere down the line at a WrestleMania. I mean, cause yeah, I get it. Survivor series. First time he showed up all oh, that's great. But I mean, when you think of the most iconic stars in professional wrestling history, WrestleMania is really defined by a handful of guys. Uh, Undertaker is certainly one of them. Shawn Michaels, Mike Austin. <sighs> I'm the guy yeah, is made of yes, uh, Hogan, no. Hogan. Definitely. Hogan, the early years. I mean, when you think WrestleMania, like there's certain guys that just pop in your head. Uh, yeah. Shawn Michaels is known as Mr. WrestleMania. Undertaker right. had the streak. Right. Uh, Rock, Hogan. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. Rock and Hogan, their match alone was probably certainly one of my favorite matches of all time. But Right. So, all right. Uh, again, we're answering these in the order they come in. You can submit to the Super Chat Party, answer, uh, ask your question, try to make it, you know, somewhat clean and not put me on the spot like zero the hero did but any donation will help we appreciate it also merchandise is on sale with 10 percent off using the promo code scpb10 link is in the pinned comment also in the description and i believe uh there's something pinned in the live chat too where you could click on the uh the t-shirt that's there um next question comes from indie films review what do you got uh, what do you think of aew's long-term storytelling they established their belts and the challenges. The elite could easily have started with all the belts rather than taking their time. I do agree with that. I think the fact that they uh, did not put all the belts on the elite was certainly a plus. That's definitely good. Uh, I think also the um, their storytelling is very good when it needs to be. There are times where they've missed the mark on a couple things, but they've certainly hit more than they've missed. But also, I think we're also in the honeymoon phase where people are just going to love AEW because it's new and it's fresh. And, you know, oh, my God, this is so great. But then you see it in other places and they kind of are a little more strict because they've been around for a while. So I think there's a little bit of that. It's starting to wear off and start people are starting to criticize AEW for a little bit. But I still, I still think we're in that tail end of the honeymoon phase for AEW. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, most of their stuff I like. Um you know, when when they want to focus on stuff and do a good job, they do. There's certain things like the women's division where things just, you know, go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep. $5 donation to the Super Chat Party. Thank you, Mario Morales. Do you think AEW will ever do fatal four ways for the title? Uh, sure. I think eventually. Like, yeah. They, have, they done, have they done a triple threat yet in AEW? Mm-hmm. I don't think they have. I, like, I know they've done the, the eight-man tags. They've done the Fatal 4-Ways. I don't think they've ever done a triple threat. Thank you, Justin Amazing, for subscribing, by the way. Uh, yeah, definitely. They definitely, I think maybe that's where they head to. Maybe they do Hangman versus Omega versus Moxley for the title eventually as the first, like, triple threat for the title. Yeah. That's certainly a possibility. But thank you for donating, Mario Morales, for uh, to the Super Chat Party. Moving on to our next questions as soon as I find them. Again, if you put question before your question in the chat, it makes it much easier to know where I am uh, and get to your questions. Let's see. I already went past there. Uh, Okay. Uh, Shay, again, our Instagram follower, big Instagram follower. He asked, do you think Aleister Black will be the next person released by WWE? 
Um, or do they give him the Lana treatment nine times through nah. a table now? Nine times. And she's going to be the sole survivor at Survivor Series. You watch. You watch. Lana's going to be the sole survivor in that women's match. Well, um, I I certainly hope that's not where Alistair Black is heading, but I, I, I don't have much hope for him because what have they done with him? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't use him yet when everything was good and great and Zelina Vega was there and coming off his hot run in NXT, yep. what makes me think that they're going to utilize him now? Right. Right. That's it. true. All right. Next question. For, yep. Next question from Malik Murray. Uh, do you see Cody Rhodes making a new horseman and top 10 wrestler that they need to go back? Hold on, let me read this again. Do you see Cody Rhodes making a new horseman and top 10 wrestlers that need to go back down to NXT? The top 10 wrestlers to go back to NXT, that, that's a whole other video in itself. And if people want us to do that, we certainly will. Uh, we're, we're contemplating on starting this new concept with the channel called Fan Pick Friday. And I texted this a little bit to Ralph. I haven't really thought this out yet. But basically, we would pitch five ideas on Monday. You vote them in, and then Friday, we'll do a video. So we could do a top 10 wrestlers that need to go back down to NXT as part of the five to vote on, go from there. Uh, Cody Rhodes making a new horseman. We've done a video on that already. I see a horseman coming. I think Cody would be a part of it, but I know Ralph said MJF would be a part of it. Do you still stick with that? Uh, I mean, now with recent events, I would say no, but All right. I don't know. we'll see. All right. And then the 10, like I said, that's, that's a tough one to, to really break down now, but another $5, uh, $5 donation to the super chat party. K Webb. Another big supporter. He's also a follower on us on Twitter at SCPB Podcast. His question is, what stipulation should the rematch between the Bucks and FTR be? Uh, well, ladder, ladder match. match I guess. Ladder yeah. match. Definitely got to be a ladder match, I think. Uh, thank you again, Cade, for the uh, the donation. I saw you with your new hoodie. He got the hoodie, uh, the SCPB hoodie. It looks very good on him. Uh, he got it in black. I know we have it in yellow. Gray, and I think white is a hoodie as well as the t-shirt. So awesome question though. Uh, let's see. Someone tell me they don't believe I don't like RVD. <laughs> I just don't. I, I'm like, it's, it's a stoner thing. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. I'm just not a fan of stoners. Sorry. Uh, uh, let's see. What's the next question? Where was I? Okay. Got that. So now, now I know where I am. This is why hashtag question helps in the live chat. Uh, Paul Miller. There's actually a dealership in Connecticut, Paul Miller of Nissan. I don't know if that's the same Paul Miller, but if if it is, cool. If not, welcome. Uh, when do when do you think Hangman will win a singles title, either the TNT or the AEW Championship? If they're if they're giving the belt to Omega, I would think they have Hangman versus Omega by Revolution, and I don't know if he wins it there, but that's why I think that goes. I think if he wins a title first, it's going to be the AEW championship. What are you eating? Popcorn. I need something to hold me over till I eat dinner after this. That's why you snack beforehand. <laughs> Not I eat popcorn meatballs. during a freaking live chat, but I had two meatballs before this. And you're eating popcorn, you fat ass. <laughs> you're getting all kernels. Look at this. Someone donate to the super chat party and get this man a sandwich. I don't need a sandwich, man. Oh, well. I had to get Act 2, though. 
Couldn't get Orville Rennenbacher. Things are tough around here. Really? That's the only kind of popcorn, unless you have a popcorn machine. But uh, try muting your mic when you're chomping into the microphone, or I'll do it for you. Let me know when you're done chewing. Next question. Uh, where are we? Already answered that. Got that. Uh, got nothing. Oh, uh, here. Uh, got that. Here we go. Oh, no, already asked that. Man. Here we go. Yes. Malik Murray again with his question. Do you see Cody versus Dustin at double or nothing? And do you think Cody is going to make the new four horsemen? And again, the top 10 wrestlers that's from Malik. So do you see Cody versus Dustin uh, at double or nothing? A rematch? Uh, mm, No, not right. Not soon. I I mean, we haven't really seen them build towards that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know if they want to do that again. I, I think that the match they had to me, it's still one of the best matches that that AEW has ever had. Right. I don't I don't know if they're going to want to go and try to do any better than what they've already done. I mean, they really proved a lot of people wrong with that match and I don't I don't know if they want to try to test the waters with it. Leave yeah. it as is. Right. Uh I see someone in the chat saying RVD has nothing to do with being a stoner more like a porn star. Yes, RVD now. What? RVD now is like a porn star with Katie Forbes. RVD they, back then his, his t-shirt used to say RVD 420. <laughs> yeah. That was not the number he was playing in in pick 3 lotto. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of significance there. Right. Uh next question comes from Dontrell <laughs> Ellis again. If you could book AEW Midcard Division, who would be the face of it? Uh the Midcard Division would probably be Darby I think I think I could put like right now what they're doing. The TNT title is the face of TNT and who they want on TV each and every week. Darby's a guy that could fit that bill right now. I know Ralph wants to pick Orange Cassidy, but I'll let you answer. <laughs> um, I would probably go with Darby as well. Yeah, good question. Okay, uh, Miguel Almaguar. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. What does Mox do after the Omega feud? Go to Wrestle Kingdom. After Wrestle Kingdom. That's a good question. What does Mox do in AEW after he drops the title? That's a damn um, good question. Hmm. Well, they haven't done anything. Him and Cody would certainly be interesting. Yeah. Do they revisit him in Kingston? Revisit him in PAC? I mean, him and Cody would certainly be interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of things they can tap into there. Do they, revisit, do they revisit him and Jericho and make him a joke? You know and, what they could revisit? What's I that? Mean, depending on how they want to do this, uh, the Rhodes brothers biggest win when they won the championship in WWE was certainly against the shield. That's true. So if they tie that in, you know, that, that could be pretty cool. Right. All right. Next question. Uh, J do magic. What's your opinion on making no sense after big things like Ibushi uh, winning the G one and then losing the briefcase to Jay white WWE winning uh, Randy Orton winning the WWE title. And then losing it to Drew McIntyre last night, Otis winning money um, in the bank, and then losing it to the Miz. All right. It, let me a, let me let me go over this first. Otis, Otis winning the money in the bank. You have to also consider when that happened. When it happened, Otis was getting over. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, it could have been the the same type of effect that Orange Cassidy has with his little subset of fans. Otis, for whatever reason, was catching on. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he is kind of like a relatable guy. Like yep. just like a Daniel Bryan, like he's not like your typical 
Vince McMahon bodybuilder guy that's going to carry a championship. He's a guy that you'd probably see working as a plumber during the day and at the bar at night. You know, something like that. Like a death of Rhodes, the son of a plumber. Well, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. But wow. um, Drew, uh, Randy Orton, I already kind of touched on this. I, I just don't think they expected him to come out and do what he did and catch on the way he did and get himself the attention that he got. I think that was really supposed to be a feud that Drew McIntyre, you know, won a cup, beat him a couple of times and it helped establish the title run. And I just think Orton took the ball and ran with it and did amazing. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him losing the, the title, especially on Raw, because it's something that we have not seen in such a long time. Um, it was a very good match. It had a big fight feel. You know, so many times we complain about how bad Raw is, how WWE, how bad WWE is. Think about the past week and a half or even past couple of weeks. We've had uh, face-offs between Drew McIntyre and Randy or- uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. We had a championship title match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton where we actually had a new championship champion crown. Let's not complain. Let's just enjoy it for what it was. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, first off, I don't think it doesn't make sense. To say it doesn't make sense, I think, is being short-sighted about the thing. First off, the reason, like, you have Abushi make history and win the G1 consecutive years. That hasn't happened since, I think, what was it, 2003, 2004 with Tenzan? And Chono was the only other person to do that. That's a huge thing to say, to win the G1 in consecutive years. You also have Jay White. There was the story between him calling it the J1 and he basically won the briefcase without winning the G1. Now he is going to be in the second night of Wrestle Kingdom while Abushi is still the first night. And you get the rematch uh, and, of him and Naito. So it, it makes sense. And and considering this is what, Abushi was in the finals last year, right? He was against Jay White. Yeah, he was in the finals last year. This year he lost the he lost the briefcase. So, yeah, I mean, we, we always talk about wanting long-term storytelling. Who knows? Maybe this sets the table for next year, like next year, like finally being able to say, you know what? He 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 came up short twice and eventually he did it. Right. That's a very realistic thing and con- type of connection that fans can make with an individual, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who who's able to pick themselves back up and it makes for a good, good story. So exactly. Exactly. You know, it, let's just let's just wait and see what happens. Right. And I think the goal for Abushi is to win both nights. So if you have him only on the first night or the second night with the briefcase, you don't have him winning two nights. He's going to beat Naito in night one and then beat Jay White in night two. And then it makes sense. So that's why I think some people just are short-sighted when they react to things like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Let the story develop. It's not just WWE, not just AEW. It's not just New Japan. It's just wrestling in a whole. We're so quick to, to react to stuff. And just let the moment happen. Maybe mm-hmm. I, th- I think the r- internet wrestling community needs to meditate. I was recently told I need to meditate more. And I started meditating. It's somewhat helping. And I get the concept. Let the moments happen. Wrestling fans, invest in some meditation. That's what I say You're about making that. making me sick. I'm going to throw up on my computer. Maybe you need to meditate too. Uh, I don't think so. All right. Hey, uh, Mark Mello, you wrote in the comments here, big supporter, but I'm crushed. What happened? What did we say? What did we do? I, I think he's saying no. bug. I think he said bug supporter, but he's crushed like a bug. It was a pun. Oh, I think it was Holding a pun. Paul Field, Catcher in the Rye, good book. Yep. Uh, next question from Shay again. Do you think that AEW should start establishing Jake Hager as a monster by now? 
Nope. The, the fact that he's not AEW's version of Brock Lesnar is really annoying. Like, there's a guy that's undefeated in Bellator right now. Why aren't they booking him as such? Don't, don't shake your head like that, Ralph. That's how they should not be booked. being booked like Brock Lesnar because he's not comparable to Brock Lesnar. But he's undefeated in MMA. He should be. He should not be like selling to guys like Joey Janela. I agree. I agree. That's what I, I'm I've said that. I've yeah. said that. I've said that. I, I I don't think he's capable of being like a uh, like to the level of Brock Lesnar. Be just based on you know what he's done in the past in WWE and what he's yep. done in AEW to this point. Yeah. Um. But I agree. I, I I've said I said that when they had their match against uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I, mm -hmm. You know, ha you have this guy that's undefeated in MMA. Why is he selling and and jobbing out to people like that? Right. Right. Not that he was jobbing out to them, but it didn't do him any favors. I'll tell you that much. No. Next question comes from Dontrell Ellis. If Kenny Omega versus Kurt Angle in their prime uh, happened, who would you book to win and why? Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle was ten times better than Kenny Omega. Sorry, but that's the truth. To me, Kurt Angle's number two as all-time best. Shawn Kurt Michaels' Angle's body, Kurt Angle's greatness and body of work. I, Kurt Angle, okay, amazing run in the WWE in 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 Impact. And I I wasn't even a huge Impact fan, but some of the matches he had there, that guy uh, talking about a guy that really did not truly grow up in in pro wrestling. Maybe one of the best athletes to come from outside of WWE and transition into it, just to yep. see how good. He could play any role. He was as amazing as it could get in the ring. He's one of the best ever. Yeah. Uh, Kenny is very, very good. Kenny's got a lot, a long way to go and a lot to prove before you start talking about Kenny Omega being in the same caliber as Kurt Angle, in my opinion. Other people may disagree. I'm sure people will, but that's fine. Right. Uh, next question from Adrian. Do you think Jericho had something to do with MJF transitioning into a comedy heel gimmick instead of his serious old school heel gimmick? at least in storyline. Um, I think so. I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall. We saw what Chris Jericho was doing with Orange Cassidy. That's kind of the direction that Jericho's going. And, you know, look, MJF is a young up-and-comer. Jericho's one of the best ever. If you had a guy telling you, you know, let's do this. This is what we should do. This will work. Mm -hmm. Well, how is MJF going to tell the, 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 the veteran that's been everywhere, done everything, that he's wrong? Right. That's right. tough. It is. It is tough, but I think for the story that they're telling, I think like now it's going to be a joke and then it will segue into something serious. At least I hope that's the case, but who knows at this point. Uh, Lion, 2012. Greetings from Toronto. Hello, our friends from the North. Love your show. Have either of you been to Canada? If so, which part? Keep up the good work. I've never been to Canada. If I were to go to Canada, I'd like to go to Toronto. They go to the Hockey Hall of Fame or the Sky Dome. Maybe it's a WrestleMania at the Sky Dome, but yeah. uh, never been to Canada nonetheless. I know there's legal. I know uh, the drinking age is lower, which I don't need to worry about anymore. And I think uh, marijuana is legal there, which, again, I don't need to worry about. But other than that, never been. Ralph? I have never been to Canada, um, but I am actively planning my post-pandemic world tour, which is going to involve a lot of drinking and partying. So if there's any good towns in Canada that I should visit, let me know. <laughs> Very good. Because I had, like I said, eight months since in, in, in um, quarantine and everything else here, I am itching to get out of this. Yes. Well, we're almost there with this, with the vaccine stuff, but disavowed action figures. Any updated thoughts on possible formation of AEW's four horsemen members timetable? 
I never, I haven't we seen it. We can ask this question more than any question. I think. You know why? You know why we get this? Because it's one of our most popular videos. If you look at our channel and you see the videos that get a lot of views, this one I think is the second highest viewed video on our channel besides the original All Elite Wrestling draft the day AEW was announced. So I don't know why that video took off like it did, but people are interested in this AEW four horsemen thing. And maybe we need to revisit it in a separate video where we like book the four horsemen in AEW. Maybe that's what we need to do on a future video. And maybe that will get us a lot of views. Cause that one there was like, I think that one got like almost 50,000 views, which is insane for us. So Rafael Rivera says, don't take it. Don't take what? I'm assuming he means the vax. Oh, well, when you're, when your doctors tell you to, for certain reasons, you, you kind of have to. But uh, Mr. Mike 307, do you think it would be a good idea to have Undertaker on commentary at Survivor Series? No, 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 no. A uh, five Canadian dollar donation from Sonic Hip Hop. I know he's a big uh, commenter on our channel. So thank you very much for your five Canadian dollar donation. Uh, come hit up Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Thanks for the great work show. Uh, on the show. So there you go, Ralph. Head to Edmonton. Uh, I believe Edmonton is the home of one Chris Benoit. So maybe they maybe they have something there. There's a lot of uh, wrestlers from the Edmonton area, if I'm not mistaken, or the Alberta area. I know uh, you got the Winnipeg, Jericho and Omega and Don Callis, Calgary, the Hart family, Edmonton. So... Hey, did you see the article or the uh, the the rumor floating around that Tony Khan wants to re- eventually replace Jr. with Don, uh, Don Callis on commentary? I did not, but I think that'd be a great addition. Yeah, maybe that's who, I, I, maybe that's who Omega's trying to hop a flight and see as his manager. That's that's what I think. I think that if there's look, I mean, and again, I, I I'm a fan of Kenny Omega, but I think one of the shortcomings that he has had in AEW is just his ability to cut uh promos. I that's not his his strong suit. I think that he did a good job of it in Japan, but I think that's a very different type of fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Don Callis to me, I think that's a good pairing and a guy that can certainly play the mouthpiece of uh Kenny Omega. Right, right. And again, if you guys want to donate to the Super Chat Party, we appreciate it. You cut the line in all the questions. We're going to take about maybe 10 more minutes left of questions. Uh, If you also want to support the channel, you could do so by uh, buying our merchandise. The link is in the description and also on the pinned comment. You get 10% off when you use the promo code SCPB10. Clicking those links automatically engages the promo, by the way. Uh, Jason Skiberis from Australia, I believe he's from, so... Uh, Hello from Australia. Once Brian Pillman Jr.'s contract expires and he returns to AEW, how much of a push could we see him get by AEW management? Now, I'd love to see it because he is the only guest that we've had on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. So it would be nice to see that come to fruition and have him get a good push. Him and Griff Garrison, I think, are going to get a push as like the Hollywood Blondes 2.0 in the tag team division. But as a singles wrestler, I'd like to see him eventually get to the TNT title within maybe a year to 18 months from getting full-time AEW. Pillman, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's going somewhere. He, I mean, it's just where, where is he going to end up? You know, right. I think that it's natural that he's going to, a lot of people would assume that he's going to go to AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, 
funny that this got brought up because I was actually thinking about that. We did interview him here on the show. The only interview that we've done to date. Um, and I was wondering if maybe we should try to reach out to him and see if we could do it again. But yeah, cause I, cause I think that now that we've been kind of, uh, we're a little more established than we were when we first did that. And we're a lot more comfortable doing this. I think that it would be a much better interview and a much more interesting dynamic. Right. Right. Or he well, may tell me to shove it up my ass because I'm a critical of some of the guys on AEW. So no, I don't think so. I think cause he's, he, he loves the business, I think. So I think there might be some frustrations that we see in common, but who knows? Uh, where was I? Next question from Perp. Would you see Zelina Vega in AEW? Uh, I, I think either AEW or Impact Wrestling. <laughs> she definitely has to go to either one. Uh, John Douglas, I think we answered that about The Undertaker. CW, what about Tessa Blanchard leading a stable with FTR and one other? Tully could be the J.J. Dillon of the group. Enjoy your content. Thank you, CW, for that one. I could totally see Tessa as part of the four horsemen slash women. The revelation. Yeah. The revelation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then yep. the fourth could eventually be Hangman Page. That's certainly nah. possible. No? Wardlow. They Maybe. need the muscle. They you need, need that one guy that's just going to stand in the back and make people shit their pants. That's true. That is true. Uh, Ryan C., do you see AEW giving Pentagon a big singles push, putting him in the title picture? I no. see Ray Phoenix. I don't see Pentagon. I like. I think they. I think they already are establishing Ray Phoenix as more as a singles than Pentagon. But I could be wrong there. Uh, yeah, I don't see. I don't see it happening with Pentagon either. Sonic Brown twenty seven. Do you think Jungle Boy and Joey Janela look like twins? No, I Jungle mean Jungle Boy and Joey Janela. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. No, no? I would not. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So you don't like Riddle? No, no weed for Michael. No, I tried it once, coughed my ass off for like an hour. Didn't like it. Didn't, maybe it was the way I was inhaling, but didn't feel anything. Was coughing the whole time. Ralph can attest to that. He was there when I tried it. His friend made me do it. Peer pressure at 18 years old. Not fun. Here, here's a question for you, Ralph. Do you like weed? No, <laughs> not into it. Hating on I'm old, man. I'm old. Yeah. He's, I'm old, I'm married, I got a kid, I have a career. I don't do that stuff. He's progressed to the more harder stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, like popcorn. <laughs> uh, I will I, I will drink quite a bit of whiskey and uh, IPAs if anybody's interested though. Yeah. Hence the world tour of the post-pandemic lockdown. Ralph's apocalyptic tour, if we'll call it. Perhaps that's a t-shirt in the making. Any, If there's any graphic designers, let us know. And like, we can work on designing some t-shirts because right now just the logo that's all we got i'm not much of a designer although i designed the logo uh ralph i know he draws but nothing graphic wise but uh what's the next question darnella fur uh is sean spears being underutilized um no i it's tough i mean underutilized would assume so when people say underutilized, that's kind of like, okay, you were a big star somewhere else and they're not using you to your full potential. I think that we saw a glimpse of what he can do as the perfect 10 in NXT. I don't know if he's capable of more because I haven't seen him get been put in a position to prove that he's capable of more. Yeah. Can it, can he be used more? I think he certainly can, um, but they're not doing it for whatever reason. Why is that? That's the right. one question you got to ask yourself. Why? Why aren't they using him more? Right. All right. Uh, next question. Shay again, 
Would Matt Seidel versus Darby Allen be a good match? I say yes, especially the way I saw Matt Seidel with Brian Cage as uh, that like striker type of Matt Seidel. Yes. The high flyer flippy floppy that Evan Bourne was. I'm just not a fan of that kind of style. I mean, it can work and there's definitely wrestlers. I like that do it, but I, I would love, I think Seidel and Darby would be a good match. Seidel and Darby. We're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would make for um, it would be a good match. I think that I, I I'm always a fan of the smaller guys working with the bigger guys just because I think it makes for a better dynamic. Yeah. Uh, because you know you get two big guys in a ring. Sometimes it's slow. It's proddy. It's not very good. You get two smaller guys. They're doing all types of flip stuff, and it looks extremely choreographed. Mm. I like when you got the dynamic like a Brian Cage in a Darby or a Brian yep. Cage in a Seidel. Right. All right. Uh, we'll do a couple like surefire questions here. Yes or no, or whatever they go. Just first thought in your head as we get to the final minutes of our, our uh, Q&A here, Ralph. So here we go. Do you see Kenny Omega going to turn on the Bucks? Do you see John Moxley go for the TNT Championship? And do you see the new Hart Foundation in AEW? Uh, ask them one by one again, really quick. Okay. Do you see Kenny turning on the Bucks? No. Do you see John Moxley going for the TNT Championship? Uh, not anytime soon. Do you see the new Hart Foundation, meaning Pillman and Davey Boy Smith Jr., possibly Teddy Hart, in AEW? Mm, no. Pillman, yes. Not, Pillman, yeah. yes. Davey Boy, yes. Teddy Hart, no. No. I say uh, the other. I see Kenny not turning on the Bucks, and I see uh, Moxley not going for the TNT Championship. Uh, what baseball <laughs> player? What what baseball player would have been a good wrestler? Randy Macho Man Savage. He would have what been a baseball great, player. Yeah. What baseball player would have been a good wrestler? Randy Macho Man Savage. He was a legit MLB player, played for oh. the Cardinals. Yeah. And would be a good wrestler. Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with John Rocker because John Rocker <laughs> was fucking huge yep. to begin with. And he kind of looked like Kurt Angle. He did. Because his neck was about as wide as a fucking bull's ass. You'd have to watch him on promos, though. He would be a dump button waiting to happen with his mouth. Uh, yeah. Best current young talent, Sammy, Darby, MJF, or Jungle Boy? MJF. Uh, I, think, I think MJF has the most potential. Mm -hmm. I think that Darby has the... Uh, a bit, so I think MJF, by professional wrestling standards, can do the most. I think that... Darby Allen can uh, make the biggest impact because yeah. I think that he's going to attract a lot of the younger fan base. Right. Uh, let's see. Do you think AEW needs a well-known veteran in the women's division like Melina or Natalia to be taken more seriously? Yes, I agree. Uh, how did WWE mess up Braun Strowman? They didn't. He's not that good. I disagree. They messed him up by never giving him the title when he was red hot. They started and stopped his push. He should be. He, he stopped could, his own push. How? He stopped his own push when he made a fool of himself on national TV when he was cutting that promo with Brock and Paul Heyman. And even Paul Heyman had to stop and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, that's he, true. If he, he he's but he, that he, but even before that promo, even before that promo, they could have put the belt on him. That was like a year and a half after he, the peak of his uh, hype. Ah, uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't see it. I don't. I think he's a big guy. I think that if he had wrestled during any other period where you had a ton of other big guys, especially during the attitude era, he would have gotten easily gotten lost in the, in the crowd. Right. I, right. I am. I've never really been too impressed. Right. Uh, what, uh, 
What should they do with Penelope Ford? Put her in a match? Like, yeah, pe- people are high on her, but I think she needs a little bit more ring time. People forget she she probably gave Hikaru Shida one of her better matches. That's true. And they didn't do anything after with her after that. That's true. Is Jericho holding the rest of the inner circle back? Ooh. Um, I think so. Like Santana and Ortiz should be in the in the tag team title picture. And for some reason they're not. And there was that time where Hager and Jericho were supposed to be a tag team, and then then the MJF storyline started. Yeah. Should Jake Hager speak or let me you know answer your question and then uh I'll go to the next one. I think that you could certainly make the argument that he's holding people back in the inner circle. Yep. He helped establish them, but now it's kind of like, you know, what are they doing? Right. Uh, follow up. Should Jack Hager, or, excuse me, Jake Hager, it says Jack Hager, but Jake Hager bring back the all-American gimmick from WWE. <laughs> so Jack Swagger. Um, No, bad creative. Yeah. Stupid no, idea I actually liked creative. it in WWE, but no. If Kurt Angle were to come to AEW, who would he manage? Manage? Um... Jake Hager. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. Why is Bobby, why is Bobby Lashley not WWE champion material or caliber? I should say, cause he can't cut a promo. He's yeah. got all the tools. He can't cut a promo. Yep. I, I, I mean, MVP could help him there, but maybe it's just too late. Who's older. Ralph's older. Uh, let's see. Who's on your wrestling Mount Rushmore? Only based on in-ring work. Just in-ring work? Just in-ring work. Okay. Uh, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, mm, Ric Flair? I would go Shawn, Angle, Flair, Savage. Uh, Let's see. There was one. Can I say the N-word? No, you can't say the N-word. What? Yeah, that's that's a legit question someone just put in there. No, you can't say the N-word. Could a feud between Zelina and Tessa and AEW be a cause for everyone to watch AEW even more closely than they already do. Repeat that. Could a feud between Zelina Vega and Tessa Blanchard be a cause for everyone to watch AEW even more closely than they already do? I don't think it would attract more fans. I think that would help establish their women's division and keep the fans engaged that watch regularly. Mm -hmm. I mean... Look, if you're a fan of AEW, you're a fan of pro wrestling, you're going to know who these women are. You're going to know who Tessa Blanchard is. You're going to know who Selena Vega is. If you're trying to legitimately attract more followers or more viewers from outside just the little circle of the pro wrestling community, I mean, you got to look to who's actually going and doing stuff outside pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. You look at Sasha Banks is probably the best example off the top of my head right now. Right. With Star Wars, right? Where she's, she's, she's in that, uh, What's the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I and Zelina Vega actually. Zelina Vega. She does have a big following on Twitch. So yeah, maybe she would do a little bit. Tessa is interesting because she's divisive. Yeah. You know, no matter people are going to have an opinion about her. That's just the truth. So. Right. All right. Uh, got five more questions here. We'll quickly go through them, and that will be it. If you want to cut the line, uh, we could do one last donation on the super chat. If you want to put those in as well. Uh, here's one from Richard Aramoselli. I think that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if that's wrong. Uh, who do you think Jericho's last match in AEW should be against? Last match ever? Um, I would assume it's going to be his last match ever if it's in AEW. Yeah. Orange Cassidy. Oh, Christ. No, um, no. Kenny Omega, I guess. Yeah. Started it. Start Maybe. with you know, Lance Storm. Everything come full, full you circle. could have Lance Storm come in because I think, uh, I think there was talks about uh, Jericho wanted to do a match with Lance Storm before his career is out. So maybe it's him. One of my favorite matches 
is a match that probably nobody remembers. It was from one of the um, ECW, WWE, um, I forget what they called them, but one of those pay-per-views. And Jericho and Landstorm had a match. I think it actually opened the night. Uh, it wasn't Hardcore Heaven. What the hell were those called? Are you talking about One Night Stand? Name. One Night Stand. And I think it opened the night and Just Incredible came out. He caned Jericho. Landstorm rolled him up. One of my favorite matches. Very, very technical. Awesome match. I, I'd have to check that one out. I don't really remember that one. Uh, <laughs> what do you think Tony Khan means when he says there are still some indeliable indel- surprises in 2020? Oh. Uh, Sting or someone else? I, I can't take Tony Khan's word on Twitter because he hypes, point, yeah. he hypes some stuff up so high and people get too excited and then it gets let down. So I, I can't yeah. even take his his point anymore. Um, do you think AEW feels like new Japan? No, I don't Nope. That's no. what it should be, but it's not Uh third member of death triangle. If Penta stays with Eddie Kingston, so it'd be pack Ray Phoenix. And I don't know if they do a death triangle without Penta, honestly. I think it'd just be uh, Pac and Ray. Uh, Heather writes in two podcast chats at once. This is nuts. Really? What the Interesting. other? What is the other chat? Like, why are you focusing on another chat? Like, we should be the only chat, Heather. Come on, Heather. No, it's all right. As long as you're paying attention to us more than them, we'll take it. So, um, do you think AEW versus WWE ever happens at one point? No. Unless Vince buys out AEW like he bought out WWE. WCW. That's what I meant. WCW. Uh, is Shaq going to be uh, bring in some casual fans? Probably. I hope so. That It should. But then again, we also saw Lawrence Taylor main event WrestleMania. That didn't necessarily bring in uh, casual fans in 1995. We were at that WrestleMania, by the way. Uh, if there's a merger between AEW and New Japan, super heel faction of MJF, Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Wardlow. Whew. That wasn't even a question. That was just his thought. <laughs> That would be a good, that would be a hell of a, a faction. Would that be the empire that now has uh, Jeff Cobb and the great Okan in New Japan as well? Last question. Uh, will Jay White ever come to AEW? No, I think he goes to WWE before he goes to AEW. I agree. But I think he's going to, I think he's a, a long timer, a homer in New Japan pro wrestling. So like thank everybody for joining us here on the Squared Circle Psycho Battle for this live Q&A. It's been a lot of fun for the last hour and 20 minutes or so. Uh, I'd like to thank our super chat people, Sonic Hip Hop. Also, Mario Morales, Zero the Hero for your god-awful, uncomfortable question there. Kadrian Webb also. Uh, we appreciate all the donations. We appreciate anybody that also wants to give us, you know, buy our merch. Again, we have the hoodie. We have the T-shirt. We have the mugs. We have stickers. Uh, 10% off with the promo code SCPB10. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications to join our conversation on all things pro wrestling. For Ralph Valenti, my name is Michael Valenti, and we'll see you all on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. And we're done.